welcome and thank you for listening to the CRC podcast brought to you by Pastor Ad Bosho. We believe that God is working across this platform to bring each and every believer revival throughout their entire lives. We hope you are inspired by this week's message. The mountain of the Lord's house is what I want to talk about prophetically. It is a prophetic hour. You were chosen by God to be alive at this time. Maybe up till tonight you never knew that you are somebody of significance. Not just significance, great significance and great importance. I spoke to a very famous singer in South Africa. I don't want to give too much detail in gym because you'll always find me in gym. Um, because I think it's good to take care of your body, which is the temple of the Holy Ghost in any case. And uh, his, his vocal cords were attacked and he was not able to sing Christian. And uh, one of the things I said to him is Satan will always attack you, attack you where you are, where your strongest anointing is. He will always attack you at your place where your anointing is the strongest. And normally, just before you are out of the starting blocks, something will come to derail you, to dissuade you from living full on for God. And for young people, unfortunately, it's normally along came a spider. I mean, along came a, a girl or along came a guy. Because Satan wants to stop you from becoming who God designed you to be. So when you understand that you're alive by God's design and God chose you for this hour, you could have lived in the 14th century, the 18th century. You could have been a statistic in the Second World War. You could have lived a hundred years ago, but God called you to be alive at this hour. And I want you to get it. Because the attack against young people has been uncanny. We spoke the other day, and and, you know, in in Australia, in certain states, because that country is governed, the states have more power than the government, that uh, when I was preaching in the Planet Shakers conference, it's uh, Pastor Russell said to me, you cannot say COVID because it causes people tremendous stress, post-traumatic stress disorder. Now, when we came back from Angola, there wasn't even something like that. You came back, they gave you three beers and I didn't drink beer. And uh, two days later, you were just integrated with civilization again. But I was thinking, because we don't even realize we were in lockdown as early as June last year, that our religious freedom was taken from us, stolen from us. And now many lies are being exposed of what was behind the COVID and everybody is quiet. And I won't go back. I don't go back all the time. But hey, we do not forget certain things, especially when it comes to God's kingdom and something that destroyed or or caused damage to the kingdom of God and to individuals. The psyche of people, suicide rate up, uh, depression up over 60% in in, in adult people. Teenagers, almost 70% depression up because of that COVID. And I thought about it, how young people lost two and a half years of their life. I mean, that's crazy. It's almost, talk to anybody. It's how quickly we forget things. 
And it's one thing a certain nation said after the Second World War, we will never forget. That doesn't mean we don't forgive. It means we will never forget and we will never allow something like that to happen in our lifetime again where our religious freedom is tampered with. Can I have an amen here tonight? It's, it's, it's almost like it was 2020 and then suddenly it was mid-2022 and two and a half years were gone. Young people were not able to socialize, go to school, go to university. I mean, remember how crazy it was? Think about how silly and stupid it was designed by so-called intelligent people. That's why your degree or your position does not qualify your intelligence, right? Um, and those of us whose brains are functioning question anything, everything at the start, you could not buy Tupperware or you could not buy uh, sandals or you, uh, remember that? Do you? Huh? How this was forced. And I'll tell you why. Because it was a plan of Satan, orchestrated by man, but there was a spirit behind it and not the spirit of God. And I say that because you have to understand the hour that you're alive in. And there's a war in, 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 in Ukraine and many other countries in the world. But that, what happened to our world, happened very quickly, rapidly. And in a few months, the whole world was in lockdown. Shows you how quickly things can change if there's no resistance, if there's no understanding, if there's no appetite to be who God called us to be. How quickly we can be subdued while we have been called by God not to be subdued, not to be intimidated, not to be overwhelmed, but we were designed by God and called by God to be the salt and to be the light. And I understand there was a lot of ignorance, but listen, that ignorance was only for three months. Then everybody knew exactly what was happening. Well, not everybody, because some of you are still trying to figure it out with all due respect. It's like, let's just go with the flow. So what's the next flow going to be? Huh? What is it going to be? That the world that you live in, you have to see through the understanding of Bible prophecy. You have to understand where in the time span of God you are alive in. So Old Covenant, fullness of time, Jesus is born. A new generation emerges, which is the church, which Jesus says, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. That's why the church is stronger. Maybe it doesn't look like it, but the church is stronger and more resilient. And we are going to see greater glory in the church of Jesus Christ, greater authority, greater power than we've ever seen. If you believe it tonight, say amen and give God a praise. Come on. So I said this last week and, and young people need to get this. Um, in the 80s, uh, like 67 to 70% of people had a worldview where they were not caught up in, in social media. My cell phone, this is my life. They actually understood the world. Today, 2% of young people have a worldview. So for my children, 
and I'll get to the message now that grew up in my house, I always told them you need a worldview. You need an understanding of culture, history, especially this country. You need to understand the history of South Africa, not your cultural history, the history of Africa, history of Africa. You need to understand biblical history, how the church got where it is today, because it cost a lot of people a lot of things, cost them their lives. We are standing on the sacrifices and literally the blood of saints that were martyred for this cause. That's why we cannot be this cruisomatic generation. And we think, oh, it's just all about me and it's just about hallelujah. And I'll just serve God when I feel like it, etc. No, if Paul served God that way, Peter served God that way, previous generations served God that way, the early church served God that way, they would be no Christianity on planet earth. But those people understood the time, the hour, and what God required from them. I say this because if you as a young person, all you think about is your degree and you should, and all you think about is finding the right wife and you should, and all you think about is, or finding a guy so that you don't have to work, Boring, okay, excuse me, I shouldn't have said that. Very boring, excuse me, I shouldn't have said that. Very, 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 very boring. That your only mission in life is to find somebody that has money so you never have to work again. Boring! I understand if you have kids and you wanna hang out with those kids for a little bit, my world, my world. Yo, 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 I mean, with your intellect, your grade, your gifting, your calling, your potential. You can't have a vision just to go to university and find a doctor or find somebody um, that can pay the bills and you tell him you love him, but actually what you want is you want his wallet. You don't want to be a struggling woman. Too truthful. Okay, moving along. So, so when I talk to you, I don't just talk to the brothers. I talk to the brothers and the sisters. I talk to all of you, that you all have been chosen by God for this hour. And maybe right now your life hasn't been significant, but it can become very significant when Jesus enters your life and you begin to walk with God. You'll be so amazed what God will do with your life. Because we've had how many people on this platform that are doing great things for God that said, I, I, I was a stutterer. I never thought I was too afraid to talk and speak in front of people. But somehow when God gets a hold of you, you change, you grow, you increase, you enlarge, you get a vision, you believe that you can do something great with your life. And that's what God says about you. And when you get a hold of God and God begins to run with you, the devil will do everything in his power to trip you up. That's why your understanding of who you are your purpose is so critically important because if somebody does not align with your purpose, that somebody is not worthy of you. Because if they steal your worship, they are not worthy of your attention. Come on, give the Lord a praise because that's good. So you were born for this hour and you have to discern this hour and understand that the church is central to what God is doing. That's why Satan tried to shut the church down. That's why we had to fight just to be deemed as an essential service. And uh, people 
their lives fell apart and we had to convince politicians that the church is essential. But liquor stores were essential, but the church were not essential. See how our, our, our perversities, the spirit that was behind it. We're still waiting for a, an, an apology from these politicians. We sat with the, the president a few weeks ago and he said, I know uh, 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 religious leaders, we had many disagreements on many matters. No, that's a mild statement, Mr. President. The government put their foot on the church and the government has to rectify that chapter. The way they treated the church of Jesus Christ with absolute disdain in South Africa. While we are the only people that can bring hope to the hearts and the minds of people. Because that's the only institution, quote unquote, that Jesus is building. He's not building a political party. He's building his kingdom. Matthew 16, 18. So we have to be like the sons of Issachar. There has to be a tribe within the church of Jesus Christ who has understanding of the times, 1 Chronicles 12, 26, and who knows what the church has to do, the mission of the church, which is more than glowing, which is more than soaking, which is more than edification, although we'll edify you. But then once we've edified you, get on with your business, which is kingdom business. Once we have healed your brokenness, go and heal other broken people, right? Let's, let's just talk Bible, not just pacify people and tell people how great they are without telling people you are great because you have great responsibility because you are finding yourself in a world that is suffering. And you have been raised by God for this hour to alleviate the pain and suffering in the people in your world. 40% unemployment in South Africa. 75% of our young people who have degrees cannot get jobs. It's not okay. It has to change and it's gonna change and it's gonna change by Christians getting up out of the pew and taking the high places and empty spaces and dominating on behalf of God so that justice can come to South Africa. So if you're a politician, I'm talking to you, a Christian politician. No more intimidated. We have ministers come to this church and uh, uh, you know, I'm apolitical. I listen to everybody. Um, I don't say who I vote for. It's irrelevant because we have people from every political party and people who believe different things. All I say is, if you stand and I've sat with people one-on-one, -on -one, plenty, well, most of the political leaders and said that, um, Stand for God. Why can you not stand for God? Change your party's policy. Don't become a socialist. Don't be caught up in this liberal movement that is destroying the culture and the psyche of young people. Stand on biblical values without preaching the Bible. Stand for justice. It's not difficult to know what is right. And you'll see the conservative Christian in South Africa will back you. Because people have had enough of corruption, of empty promises. We want this country fixed. And we're going to see this country fixed by uh, May election next year. And if not, then God will put somebody else in power that will fix this country. Say Amen. We're going to pray for it. Yeah, I believe it. Come on in Jesus' name.
So we are the salt, we are the light, we are the influences. You take salt out, there's decay, there's rot, there's death. So the church cannot sit on the sideline and blame. You have to get involved in university structures. You have to get involved in your student board. You have to get involved in your Leerlingraad or school. You have to believe God to be a, uh, the captain of the netball team or the rugby team or the soccer team. You have to believe that God wants to take you up higher. You, you want to believe that God will give you prominence in your practice as a doctor. You want to believe that God is going to bless your business at a young age because that gives you influence so that you can do something great for God. Amen. We're not talking about vain goals and dreams without purpose. So let me show you what the Bible says, the hour that you are finding yourself in. So write this down. Time for the church to possess the high places in society. That we write the best songs, the best poems, the best music. That our doctors study and are known as the best heart surgeons. That's what the Bible says, the righteous is better. Where we get this thing that when you're a child of God, you must just settle for less. It's nowhere in the Bible. You're created in God's image. You're created to be the head, not the tail, above and not beneath. You're created to dominate your market. So you, this is the time for the church, Christians, believers, the church, believers, to possess the high places, places of influence, and empty spaces. A lot of empty spaces that has to be filled, vacuums, that will bring solutions. Five minutes. Yes, Lord. So, uh, it's going, to be year, it's, it's going to be years of great glory ahead for the church. Uh, um, and uh, the, remember, the greater the darkness, the greater the light. So with all the shaking and all the confusion and all the dier mekaar spil en gemors, soos ek preek in die ochende, in die chaos waar ons self bevind, in die wanorde, word ons nie hoopeloos nie. Ons sien dit as a geleentheid, nie a verleentheid nie, a geleentheid waar ons gaan opstaan in die kracht van die Heere, in ons gaan Godse orde bring na a samenleving van chaos. Okay, I'll say it in English. It's our time to rise up and not to be overwhelmed by chaos and darkness. But we become those people that will bring the solutions and the answers to science, to, to, to economy, to politics, to energy. We have people in our church that are involved and engaging to solve the energy crisis, to convince certain people that have made decisions that we cannot um, access our gas, which is the fifth largest deposits. I say it from this platform because I will not be silenced. In the whole world, we have more gas. We have enough gas to fuel to the whole Europe, the whole America. There's enough gas right under our feet, offshore. There's enough oil. Fact, I'm not speculating, I have the maps. I have the proof. Enough for the economy of South Africa that has been just signed for whatever reason, for it not to be accessed for the benefit of the people of South Africa. 
So there's enough interference in our world from people outside of this country that are still controlling this country. And somewhere we need politicians with a big spine that will actually stand up and fight for South Africa and put things in place for South Africa. We have all the resources, we have everything. We have the people, we have the resilience. It's time for the people of South Africa to stand up so that this country can be blessed as God has called us a blessing in Jesus' name. We will not allow the agenda of socialism and the agenda of communism to collapse the middle market in South Africa and to bring a greater disparity between the elitist and the poor. Those years are gone. Twitter or Facebook. Knowledge is power. You know, there are countries outside of this country that fund uh, uh, protests to stop certain things from happening in this country. I don't want to say the names of those countries because, no, France, I mean, some of those countries, um, they send their people yeah, and they, 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 they pay people to go protest to our expense. When are we going to wake up? When are we going to stop fighting one another? Because all they do is say, the white man is your problem, the black man is your problem. That's all they do because they divide and conquer. We have to become a united people. Listen, we have to become a united people. We have to show the world how it's done. We have to walk in love. We have to alleviate suffering. We have to say enough is enough. We have to stand up as the church of Jesus Christ in South Africa. Come on, we have the power. 87% Christians in South Africa. Time for the church to stand up and go beyond Kumbaya and go beyond the goosebump on a Sunday to realize I was born for this hour. I was born for this hour. Let us stand up, arise and shine for your light has come and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. Come on. Watching on Facebook, go to one of our um, platforms, social media platforms, watching on television. It's an honor to talk to you, but please, please, please. Uh, get involved in a local church. Get planted in a local church. Become part of what God is doing in our world today in Jesus' name. Come on. You're born for this hour. Not to be a pew warmer. Not to be a couch potato. Take your children to a church. Get yourself to a church. Get your wife to a church. And serve God with a passion this year. In the name of Jesus, God bless you. Come on, give them a hand clap. So um, just tell me, how many of you, when you had a dream, you dreamed that you would be insignificant? Lift your hand. No, insignificant, no. You dreamed that you would amount to nothing. Life can rock you there, but every child, bring any child here now. Um, I know people think that kids that wear these suits, Superman, Spider-Man, it's demons that get a hold of them, okay? But no. It's like, no, no, the little boy just wants to fly. It's not a devil getting a hold of him. He just sees somebody flying, he says, I also want to fly. He sees Superman, he says, I want to be a Superman. 
Nobody wants to be just... They want to be a hero, right? They want to do something with their lives. What about you? It's placed in you by God. That's how you were created. And somehow life has stolen that from you. Things that happen have the ability to take all of that out of you. So you become a settler or a camper. And you no longer strive to climb that mountain. Sometimes the opposition is so severe that you become fatigued and you want to give up. I want to tell you don't. Because your life is too important. Your life matters. Your journey may be difficult, but the hand of God is upon you. You keep on keeping on. Come on. You keep on pressing. You keep on believing. This is your hour. You stop procrastinating. You activate your willpower. You get up in the anointing. Come on. You believe. You shake certain things out of your life. You shake yourself loose from certain things and you rise to what God has called you to be in Jesus' name. And stop allowing your friends to determine the temperature in your life. There's one thing I've learned about people. If they're not going anywhere, they don't want you to go anywhere. So choose your friends very carefully. The more um, committed you become to pursuing God with all your heart, the more challenging it will become for your friends. And the more they will try to douse the fire in you. Be aware of it. Because once you get committed with God, the devil knows that he wants to stop you before you take off. Because he knows if you take off like the 120 early church believers, you're going to change Pretoria. You're going to change the university in Cape Town. You're going to change Bloemfontein. You're going to change your world. You are going to, you are going to change medicine. You are going to build houses. You are going to restore education. You are going to do what you were designed for because your generation is waiting for a cause. You were called and designed by God for this hour with a kingdom purpose. You just have to discover it and rise up to it. Watch what God is going to do you as you seek His kingdom. He's going to give you a husband better than you ever thought possible. He'll give you a wife more beautiful than you ever thought possible. He will bless you with houses and riches that you don't even have to slay for. He will do things for you that will shock you, amaze you and surprise you because that's the God you serve. When you get serious with Him, real with Him, committed to Him, God is going to do amazing things in your life. Say Amen in Jesus' name, okay? He's not looking for perfection because your perfection lies in Christ. He's looking for your availability, your yieldedness, your willingness, your sacrifice, your response to His promptings. So here you are in the Bible. Micah chapter 4 verse 1, the Bible says, shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain, mountain is kingdom, place of dominion, of the Lord's house shall be established on top of the mountains. COVID tried to put us at the bottom. (laughs) But we know that we are the head and not the tail. We're above only and not beneath. Hallelujah. They can try and put you down, but God is going to elevate you because you are seated with Christ in heavenly places. Hey, you can keep a good man down only so long because though he fall, Yet will He rise because the Lord upholds Him with His hand in Jesus' name. says, and it shall be exalted, the mountain of the Lord's house, which really is the church, Zion, above the hills, places of authority, and people shall flow to it. Many nations shall come and say, come, let us go to the mountain of the Lord, 
to the house of the God of Jacob. Now remember, the house of the God of Jacob, Bethel, is where Jacob had the encounter and the ladder. And he said, wow, how awesome is this place. The gateway to heaven. This is the place of visions and dreams. And he built an altar there. He understood in the Old Testament prophetically the role of the church that God had for mankind. And he calls it the place of revelation, the place of dreams and visions. That's why I've never seen somebody disconnected from the local church, any ever do anything significant for God ever. Oh, they may have a little foundation, but to do something significant for God's kingdom where God gets the glory, not where they stand up and they say, it's Jack Jones Foundation, Jack Jones, and they give out three parcels of food and it's Jack Jones, Jack Jones, Jack Jones is great. Thank you. So God will build His house and the house is His church. And, and, and the church is not defined by culture, by color. Every tongue, tribe, and nation, my house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations. That's why this is scriptural. Afrikaans, English, Zulu, Tosa, Pedi, Sisutu, Zulu, whatever language you are. Francais, I love you too. I'm a French Huguenot, come from there, okay? So, you know, I just pray God removes your president. So, and the Canadian president as well must go. You say, who are you to say so? I'm me, and I say so. Because they're driving an evil agenda. Ungodly agenda. And they, they, they will have their moment of glory, like the New Zealand one, and then they'll be finished. Because God has His agenda. You think you're you, with your 9% brain in operation, are, are cleverer than God. You think you can outwit God, who created everything. You think these world rulers that come together in Davos and, and plot the demise of people and, and, uh, and say that the human population is too big, let's, let's cut the human population and release this disease. Do you think God doesn't know about that? That's evil on a whole nother level. And, and their billions will not save them when they stand before God one day. It's evil. Do you understand? We have to know this, but we have to be aware of our responsibility in this. These millions of people who live in Pretoria, who are we reaching? People that are lost, if they died now, they won't go to heaven. Because we are playing church. We're not living our kingdom purpose, which is firstly to reconcile people back to God. Every Christian, your assignment to get your world saved, to get people connected with God, to live for God's glory, which is to reconcile people to God. That's your life, that's your purpose, that's your mission. As my father sent me, John 20, 21, so I sent you as a doctor, lawyer, giving you the ministry of reconciliation to reconcile the world back to God as if God Himself was living in you, pleading through you, be reconciled to God. Don't you go party with your friends. You plead with your friends to get right with God. That's who you are, an ambassador, a ruler, a representative of God, not some Christian that is undefined. Christian means Christ-like. Christian means carrying Christ. Christian means little anointed one. Christian means 
carrying the image of Christ in the earth. Then he goes further. He says, what? Don't you know that you are the temple of the Holy Ghost? He goes further and he says, you are an ambassador of the kingdom of God. You represent God wherever you go. You go to the disco, because there's no discos. You go to the club, you represent God. You go to the uh, bicycle shop, you're an ambassador of God. You go to uh, spa, you're an ambassador. You go to gym, you're an ambassador of God. I don't mean that guy, I said to a lady the other day, because she was scantily dressed in, uh, and she comes to church and I don't judge her. She loves me, I love her in the righteous way. I said to her, Neeman, Neeman, go track your clearer on us a belief. That was the first thing I said to her. I said, go get dressed. You don't have to dress for attention. Amen. Ach, come now, dames, 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 dames. Jy is nie advertentiebord nie, okay? You're not an advertising campaign, okay? You don't want everybody to look at you and say, I wonder why everybody's looking at me. <laughs> oh, ho, oh, oh. I talk to you like my children because you're the age of my kids, okay? When they left home, I said, where are you going? Well, they weren't, didn't have a problem, but sometimes I'd say, go get redress. Redress. <laughs> I mean, the brother, you know, he can be praying in tongues, but the moment he sees you, he's forgotten about tongues. I mean, <laughs> it's moeilijk genoeg, nee. Yeah. Amen. Amen. I'm not saying become pious and I'm not saying walk around in a box. But I'm saying, I'm saying, I'm saying don't dress to draw unwanted attention. Because you're an ambassador for Christ. Dress, dress smart, dress tastefully, dress fashionable. All those things are fine. Nothing wrong with it. But you're an ambassador. Wherever you go. Right? You're God's ambassador. Not your ambassador. Not Hugo's ambassador. You're God's ambassador. Ambassador of heaven. So Jesus said, He that has seen me has seen the Father. So he that has seen you has seen what? So we have to understand who we are. We are the salt. I'm not putting a heavy revy on you young people now. Because some of you are now getting uncomfortable and going like. I'm just playing. I can't see that far in any case with these lights. I'm just messing with you. All right. Um, so, or you're sitting lower in your chair. Or the chair where you were seems empty right now. Okay. I'm playing. So he says. Um, they will come to the house of Jacob and he will teach his ways and we will walk in his paths for out of Zion, which is the church, the Lord shall go forth and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. In Daniel chapter 2, we understand Daniel who has um, the vision and the revelations of, of the church and the end times, the tribulation 
the reign of the beast, the Antichrist, and the return of Christ. Okay, Daniel. Not a very complicated book, but you have to read Revelation and the book of Daniel to understand what Daniel is saying. But let me just simplify something here very quickly so you can understand where you fit in the history of the Bible. Okay, Daniel 2, 44. He says, In the days of these kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom. Everybody say kingdom. No, I say everybody say kingdom. Which shall never be destroyed. And the kingdom shall not be left to other people. It shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms and it shall stand forever. Now, this is a promise or a, a vision that Daniel has. And in Daniel 7, he talks about the beast and then the four kingdoms. We understand that. The four kingdoms that he sees that one has reigns for so many years, hundreds of years, hundreds of years, and they dominate the known world in that time. So the first one is Babylon. Then it's the Medo-Persian Empire or kingdom that dominated the world. They were all evil and uh, all of them uh, destroyed and ruled with fear. Then it was the Grecian Empire. And then the final one is the Roman Empire that reigned for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. One of the most evil empires that ever existed. And by the way, what caused the demise of that empire was guess what? Not armies fighting them, but rot and decay from within. Immorality. Where people turned to every kind of sexual perversion. And they began to decay morally. And they caused that kingdom to disintegrate. But when the Roman Empire was was at its strongest, here comes God. And he establishes his kingdom, not in a favorable time of history. He establishes his kingdom by sending his son, listen now, not as a warrior or a warlord, but as a little baby born in a manger, as the savior of the world. Yeah, God comes. He puts a star in the heavens and he says, there's a new ruler. And the Jews expected a liberator. They expected somebody that would come in military might and that would overthrow the Roman government and establish Israel. But God says, no, my kingdom does not come with observation. Nor will people say, lo or yeah, there or there is the kingdom of God. It's not defined by geography. It's not defined by culture. My kingdom comes in the heart of man. It's a never ending kingdom, an ever increasing kingdom. And whoever calls on the name of Jesus Christ becomes part of this kingdom, not born of flesh and blood, but born by the will of God, hallelujah. Born with the authority of this kingdom, shout amen. That is what you are part of. But not just a kingdom that is born or birthed on this earth just to be an incubator to preserve you for the rapture bus. 
Because that's what many people think. They are white knuckle Christians, you know. We're just hanging in there until Jesus comes back, you know. And we don't want to engage. We want to, don't want to get in trouble. That's what they are. So I call them white knuckle Christians. That's not what Jesus called you to be. Jesus called you to occupy. Jesus called you to be, to dominate space. Jesus called you to change your environment. Jesus called you to rise to the top. Jesus called you to occupy empty space. Not to live with this apologetic attitude. That's not the church of Jesus. So we're living in a time in the latter days where God wants to establish His house in power and authority on top of every other house, every mountain. And I'll tell you this, governments are gonna call on the name of Jesus. I say it, people are gonna call on the name of Jesus. Directors are gonna call on the name of Jesus because it's happening. They don't have answers, they don't have solutions. Let's, let's solve South Africa's problems and let's spend a, a billion rand and invest it in Tottenham Hotspur. How's that for genius? I didn't even watch soccer. Sorry, buddy. I'd rather have the lights on. No tourist wants to come here where there's no electricity. Who cares about people kicking a football? I mean, almost I said something that would be inappropriate. Oh, I shall not. <laughs> oh, Jesus help us with technology. It's another story, okay? But God bless you in any case. So I want to close Daniel 7 verse 17. The Bible says, those great beasts which are four, four kings, I just explained who they were, which arose out of the earth. So they dominated space. The Bible says, listen now, but the saints of the Most High shall receive the kingdom in the, in the midst of this fourth king and possess the kingdom forever, even forever and ever. I was watching and the same horn was making war against the saints, spirit of the Antichrist, and prevailing against them. The church persecuted. The prophets of God persecuted. Jesus talks about that until the ancient of days came. Hallelujah. His name is Jesus. I tell you, the time is coming where Jesus is coming back, not as a meek and mild Savior, but He's coming back as King of kings and Lord of lords. Come on. And He's going to rule the nations with a rod of iron and every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God our Father. Come on. We are not sellouts. We are not ashamed. We are sons and daughters of the living God. We are part of an unstoppable kingdom. The greatest glory. The greatest kingdom. That's where we put our vote before we put it anywhere else. We are the saints of the Most High God. I said we are the saints of the Most High God. That means we are the sanctified ones. We are set apart for a time like this. We are called for a time like this. Come on, Pastor Louis. Turn Portsmouth through them upside down. Come on, Pastor Keegan. Turn uh, Port Elizabeth upside down. Come on. Come on, youth leader. Turn your school upside down. 
the time has come for the saints of God to possess the territory, to take the land, to lift up the name of Jesus. Shout Amen. No more hiding your light under the bushel. It says, And the Ancient of Days came, and judgment was made in favour, spoke about it this morning, of the saints of the Most High God, and the time came for the saints to possess the kingdom. This is our time to possess. This is, that's why I'm preaching this. It's, 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 it's our time to live with an attitude of dominion. I'm not talking about arrogance. I'm talking about dominion. We will not back down. We will change the chaos. We will get involved we, wherever we can. We carry the light. We are the salt. We have the hope of the world. Not we are just these people that call ourselves Christians that float through society. No. We were born for this hour. Every one of us has significance wherever God has placed you. School, hospital, parent, student, teacher, lawyer, doctor, engineer, architect, whatever, wherever God placed you there as an ambassador, as an influencer. And I've watched this through my own life and through many other people where they start in that company as the only Christian. And after a while, everybody in that company become Christians without that person making them feel guilty when they have a smoke break or when they have a beer. Just by being there and not participating, by being like Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego that were slaves taken from Jerusalem to Babylon as teenagers and refused to conform to the world and decided we will not be defiled by the delicacies that the world has to offer. We will not eat the servings of the world because we are better and we are different. They kept themselves. They never allowed Babylon, slavery, to define them and pollute them. They kept themselves and they stuck to their guns, if you can say it like that. And eventually they changed that entire culture and nation. For young teenagers taken in captivity, demeaned, stripped of everything they knew. But they never stopped serving Yahweh, their God, the living God. They never forgot who they were. Even though they were in the world, they never forgot Jerusalem. They never forgot God. And they never stopped praying to, to God. And Daniel um, also wanted taken in exile. When the decree was passed that you can pray to nobody, he said, suck it up. And he opened the windows wider. And he had a prayer meeting in the school. And he got himself in trouble. He got before the principal. He got before the lion's den. 
but it did not matter because God vindicated him. Listen, man of God, woman of God, I call you all man of God, woman of God, 13, 14, 16, 18, 23. You are a man of God. You are not a child. You are not a young person anymore. Yes, you are young, but you're a man of God. You're a woman of God. You were called for this hour. You were designed by God for this hour. Wake up the mighty man. Time to stand up in your might. Go in this power of your might, Gideon, in the name of Jesus. This is your time. This is your hour. Time to arise and shine. Say amen and give the Lord a praise. Come on in, this word is for you tonight. All over South Africa, let's praise Him. Let's praise Him. Praise Him. Hallelujah. Oh, come on, praise. Praise Him, praise Him, praise Him, praise Him. Praise Him, praise Him, come on. Praise Him a little bit, praise Him radically, praise Him. Praise Him for what God is doing in your life. Praise Him for what He's going to do in your life. Praise Him for the fire of God in your belly. Praise Him for the call of God. Praise Him because you choose you were born for this hour. Praise Him because you choose you're not a rollover. Praise Him because you're going to rise and shine tonight. Come on, praise Him tonight with everything that is in you. In Jesus' name, this is my time. This is my time. This is my time. This is my time. I was born for a time like this. I will not sell out to this world no more. I'm called by God, appointed by God, chosen by God. This is my hour. In Jesus' name, to see change in my world. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, we're gonna take it to a higher level. Take it to a higher level. Take it to a higher level. Higher level, come on. Come on, take yourself to a higher level in your worship tonight. Higher level in your praise tonight. Higher level in your expectation tonight, come on. Come on, average doesn't do it. Come on. Let's take it a higher. Hey! Come on, say it one more time. Come on. Come on. Come on, Christian. I want every head bowed, every eye closed. We're gonna do two altar calls here tonight. First, if you're standing here tonight, in Pretoria, in any one of our churches. Tonight, if you died, you don't know, you'll go to heaven. 
Maybe you serve God on fire, but you've lost your fire, your passion. Tonight you're standing in this place. You are not right with God. And tonight God is talking to you. Say, Pastor, I need a new beginning, a fresh start there in Bloemfontein. God's already spoken to you throughout the service tonight. Tonight you're getting your life right with God. Tonight you're surrendering your life to Jesus Christ. If that's you tonight, lift your hand quickly wherever you are. Slip it up high, high, high. All over this place, say yes, tonight, tonight, yes. Come on, lift it high, high, high. Say yes, tonight, I'm getting my life right with God. Raise it, raise it, raise it, raise it, raise it. Say yes, yes, yes. Many hands everywhere. So all over this place, you've raised your hand. I want you to leave your seat. You brought a friend. Tonight you say to your friend, we're coming. We're getting right with God. I'm going to serve God. You bring your friend to Jesus tonight. If you raised your hand, leave your seat there in Bloomingdale, Potsdam, Struham. Come to the altar. I want to pray for you. Tonight you say, I'm going to give my life to Jesus. Tonight you're going to surrender your life to Jesus. Don't think about it. Leave your seat and walk to this altar tonight. You come. You come. You come. You come. You come. Let's sing. Let's sing. Let's sing. Come on, I want us to go higher. I don't feel it. No, just go back to the previous song. Go back to the previous song. Come on there in Bloomington, get yourself to the altar tonight, come on. Give your life to Jesus tonight, you come. Come young man, come on, come on, come on. Sitting on the fence, it's not the way to do this. Come on young girl, come on. God is not against you, He loves you. You come tonight, come. Come on, there's more of you, there's a fire burning in your belly. That's God talking to you tonight, you come. Come on. Give yourself to Jesus tonight. Come on. Come on there in Bloomingdale. Walk, 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 walk to the altar. Come on. Come on. Come on. I'll give you. Listen, please. you we love you jesus loves you i'm passionate on the platform because i know when we do these things there's a life death struggle okay so i'm passionate i'm in the zone i'm not mr smiley poor paul it's too much at stake here and we need to to be sharp please sharp we're lacking sharpness here so please put your hand on your heart tonight and pray with me pray with me Everybody in this place, pray with me tonight in all our churches. Pray with me. Say, Lord Jesus, 
Tonight, I give my life to you. A living sacrifice. I believe that you love me. I believe that you died for my sin. I believe you rose from the grave. I believe you're alive. Tonight, I accept you as my Lord and as my Savior. And I thank you for forgiveness of all my sin. Wash me in your blood. Thank you for accepting me into your family in Jesus' name. I'm your child. And from tonight, I will live for you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen and amen. And upon the profession of your faith, your sins are forgiven you. Every sin.